welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Hello, hello, welcome back. We are losing our flipping minds. Look, I, I have, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, going to be interesting because gosh, it's been, it's been over a week since Elon Musk, uh, bought Twitter officially bought Twitter. So it belongs now to Elon Musk and the board. Uh, but Elon is talking about making it private and therefore, you know, he'd be able to make all kinds of decisions. People are terrified and fear is driving a lot of panic. Um, there were some immediate changes. Some people were fired right away. Look, in business, that is not super unusual. Uh, you know, it's it's not always considered to be the ideal approach. And at the same time, there are times where if you see something that you, you just can't have a specific way, uh, you know, you make that change right away because then the change can start to happen right away. And so I'm not going to judge that, that uh, decision because I wasn't there. I don't know those people personally. But let me tell you what I'm hearing as a result of Elon Musk taking over Twitter. I'm hearing on Twitter and other forums, uh, I'm out. I'm going, I'm going to go have a normal life again. I uh, don't need Twitter. There's other sources, uh, platforms. Let's all leave. There's this whole movement of like, let's all leave on the 9th. Uh, well, that's eight days away. Uh, I posed a question to one of them just because I was kind of curious. Is why the 9th? Why not now? Um, and, and the response was, well, I want to get the election information. Okay. Um I, uh, you know, th so they're, they're talking about being out on the ninth, uh, Elon needs to go down. There's this movement to take Elon out. Like as if all of a sudden he became the dumbest man in the room. Um, I think it's interesting. Look, I'm not here to advocate for Elon Musk. I think he's eccentric in lots of ways, uh, as you know, many, uh, you know, forward thinkers are, um, not always are, you know, is he going to agree or am I going to agree with the things that he, uh, thinks says does, uh, and yet I'm pretty sure he's not the dumbest man in the room all of a sudden. I'm just saying. So what I know, I know for a hundred percent certainty that officially like the day after Elon Musk uh, took over, uh, Twitter, I can see my analytics again. Don't know how that happened, but that is a fact as clear as day to me because I couldn't see my own analytics and now I can. Um, I am apparently not being ghosted anymore because people are responding to my stuff again. 
that is, I don't know for sure that I was ghosted, but I'm pretty sure I was ghosted because people were not responding to any of my stuff. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to be super active on Twitter. I got back on there because I kind of wanted to see what was being said about Twitter on Twitter. Um, and we'll see. Maybe I'll stick around. Maybe I won't. I'm undecided. If it remains unhealthy, I really don't want much to do with it. If it starts to become a little bit more healthy, well, maybe I'll stick around. I know that people are losing their minds. Like some of the uh, conversations are are just, they're, honestly, they're, they're not rational. Um, they are irrational. Uh, I know that Elon single-handedly moved electric vehicles into reality. Like they were a reality before, but like he made them mass production. He's really done like him, not by himself. So single-handedly is probably a little far-fetched, but he has done so much to move electric vehicles to the forefront. And it's, it's, I also know that it's ironic to me that the same people attacking Elon Musk for, you know, taking over Twitter um, are the ones who are saying we need electric vehicles. We need to move the electric vehicle thing to the forefront and we need to get rid of fossil fuel usage. And so I think that's interesting. Uh, it does create a down the road kind of dilemma. I know that dialogue on Twitter is still really hard to have right now. From my experience, from my personal experience, dialogue is not something that most people go to Twitter to create. Hate attacks, uh, you know, uh, not even reading your stuff, but commenting on your stuff is still prevalent on Twitter. I don't necessarily know why that is, but it's still that way right now. Okay. Back in August, on the 29th to be precise, I did an episode called Diagnosing Twitter. I am going to re-up uh, that a tiny bit here today. I'm going to remind you what I said if you haven't, if you have listened, and, I'm, and if you haven't listened, well, go back and listen to it. It's still available. I diagnosed Twitter with narcissism or psychopathy or a neurocognitive disorder. Now, why did I pick those? Because on Twitter, it is clear as day to a social scientist who's paying attention that there is a lack of empathy. There is this you know, this gross grandiosity that people think they have, you know, I'm better, I'm more entitled. And then there's this manipulation and this glibness to go along with it. So when we look at those diagnostic criterias and many, many other diagnostic criterias, man, it is almost narcissism to a T like to the very point it's, it's, almost by definition, narcissism, the way in which Twitter works. And I bring this up because <laughs> there's little remorse, little blaming, 
I mean, a lot of blaming, not a little blaming, a lot of blaming and stuff like that, that is still going on. And if my diagnosis is right now, I'm not saying that I get it all right, but if Twitter were a person and not a platform and it were diagnosed with narcissism, here's what we could expect. Three things, no empathy, grandiosity, entitlement, no remorse and blaming kind of fit within those categories, but let me get into, so there's really only those three, no empathy, grandiosity, entitlement, right? I'm going to highlight them. If we were to see no empathy on Twitter, what we would see is a tax on Elon for buying Twitter. That's happening. We would see an increase in emotional reactivity. Or we would see people get super, super quiet. Because if they don't have empathy, they don't want to say anything. Or they want to be right. So emotional reactivity goes up. Or you start to see people be quiet that weren't quiet before. You would see minimizing and exaggerating of truths. Guess what? We're seeing all of those things. Number two, grandiosity. When a narcissist enters a space with elite people, other elite people, there are really only two options for them. They project that they are at the same level as those other elite people. Or they run away because it confronts them with reality. And a narcissist that feels like they are better than everybody else cannot exist in reality. Because in reality, there's going to be somebody who comes along that's going to be better at some point. Even if you're the best for today, even if you're the best in one category, if you're the best singer, you may not be the best communicator. You may not be the best uh, artist. You may not be the, the best uh, mathematician right? You can be the best at something. But if you're a narcissist, you think you're the best at anything that you get involved in. So you would run away because it confronts you with reality. Or you project that you're at the same level. So when an Elon Musk comes in, who, you know, is clearly an elite, an elite does, it's different than grandiose, right? an elite person, somebody who has accomplished and achieved, if they come in and somebody is struggling with grandiosity, then they have to project that, oh, I'm on the same level as that guy. He, you know, I was here before them, so on and so on. Number three, entitlement. Play the, I'm not going, I was here and this is my world. I belong here. I'm entitled to say it the way that I want to say it, and I'm going to block who I want to block and fill in the blank. And then they're going to blame Elon for not doing what the old Twitter executives had been doing, which is kicking people off. If he, in fact, doesn't kick people off, which we, you know, that's still to be determined. I went through all of this for the, the purpose of, of telling you what it is you can do. Because when you encounter narcissism, like you do on Twitter, 
There's some things that you can do. I spent some time putting this together because I wanted to make it simple and achievable. Every single one of you can encounter narcissism without losing your junk. Every one of you. You just have to commit to it. Number one, when you encounter narcissism or psychopathy, it's very similar. Uh, When you encounter it, number one is listen. They will not expect you to actually listen. And if you listen, they feel like they are the elite. They are the grandiose, the ones at the top of the pinnacle. Now, I'm not saying that you want to reinforce their grandiosity, but you will never have a great interaction, a long-term great interaction with narcissists if you just try to confront the narcissism right from the beginning. There's a certain amount of listening to that has to be done. So listen. Number two, ask questions. Remember, it appeals to the narcissistic tendencies of grandiosity and entitlement and I am better to answer questions about things they truly know about. If they are that special, they're going to be happy to answer answer the question. Number three, when questions are avoided and they will be avoided because they're narcissistic, not because they don't want to give you the answer, no matter how they spin it, if they're avoiding the actual question, a lot of times they'll try to distract you with other things. What do we, you know, we have a, a word for that called gaslighting. So when they try to avoid or distract you, ask it again with patience. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be rude. Ask again. Be patient. Number four, when they get angry, it's because you see through what they are trying to project. So be more patient. Wait for the tantrum to stop. And ask again if they didn't leave, block you, or whatever. The reason that I say that is because a narcissist that wants to remain a narcissist will throw the tantrum and storm off. That is a clear indication that they're a narcissist. Or they will stick around and try to convince you that they are the best. And either way, it's going to require patience on your part. If they stick around, then there is a chance that they are starting to, don't get, don't, don't get too excited, but they're starting to treat you a little bit like an equal. Now, if that happens, then there is a possibility for shifting. It's rare, but it can happen. So I'll tell you the outcomes that will likely come if you follow this process. One, somewhere in there, they will wreck everything and they will leave. That's one possible outcome. A second likely outcome is that they stay and they fight. So if you don't fight, then they start to convince themselves that it's a waste of time because you're not fighting back. That doesn't mean you don't engage. It means don't fight. It doesn't mean, you know, you you can't ask the question repeatedly if they're not answering the question. 
It just means don't fight them. If they call you a bad name, don't engage in that part and just re-ask the question. Because what they're going to do is try to stay and fight or wreck it and leave. Number three for potential outcomes is this. On rare, very rare occasions, they will begin to see you as an equal and they may soften a little bit. In the event that they see you as somewhat of an equal and they soften a little bit, then you are the one of the few people who might be able to help a narcissist learn about empathy. Empathy is an attempt to see the world as if you're somebody else, which a narcissist cannot do because they're busy projecting all of their own stuff out into the world. They're too busy talking and not listening. And empathy requires some level of listening, which let me remind you when I said what to do, it is step number one, which is listen, which is empathy, 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 empathy. You have to start there or they will never come around with your assistance. Now, I'm not trying to tell you all of this so that you can go out and be a therapist with all of these narcissists. I'm telling you partly because these are the red flags. These are the typical outcomes. And I want you to be aware of them as you watch this Twitter thing go absolutely haywire over the next month or so. I don't know what it's what's going to ultimately come out of it. But I am so grateful that I saw the Twitter before and I did my little social experiment on myself because I can go back in another six months and do another social experiment on myself and I can have a whole lot of information for all of you as my audience and give you perspective as to what it was, what it is, and what it might be, all right? That's really what I'm trying to do because perspective is what we're all about. Again, thank you for listening and I hope, I really hope you have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 